The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Gotham City Gazette, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, February 22nd, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's Batwoman. Please welcome my co-hosts, Millie Wood. Hello, Gotham. And Professor X. Hello, Gotham. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 2, Episode 5, which was titled Gore on Canvas and aired February 21st, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Batwoman is approached by Commander Kane and Agent Moore to boost an infamous work of art that reveals the way to Coriana and Kate. Despite her reservations, Luke and Mary convince Ryan to take the assignment, causing tensions within the Bat-Team to escalate. Meanwhile, as Alice attempts to fulfill Sophia's insidious request, she slowly discovers that she may not remember everything about her time on Coriana. Bum bum bum! Alright, let's check in on the ratings for Season 2, Episode 4. Five Batwoman was viewed by 507k total viewers with the point one in the demo. It was steady with uh, the previous episode's numbers. All right, let's talk about this. A lot happened. We've got we got some forward movement. We got some interesting reveals. We got two brand new characters. Where to be? Again, and we also got an interesting team-up. We've been getting interesting team-ups um, this season so far. So, let's see. Let's let's start off with... Well, let's start off in, in an unusual place, uh, just because it was such a side story. Let's talk about Alice. Okay, we're going to talk about everything except for the final scene. So, Alice finds Ocean. Remember last week... Um, Alice, she had a flashback when she saw Ocean's picture. You know, it's Coriana. She's got the the brown hair. Uh, you know, attractive man, attractive woman, googly eyes. So we know that. Uh, so when she goes, she finds him at a bar. They chat. Um, they they drink shots. They connect. She didn't she didn't remember anything. So she's gonna go and kill him. Except he gets the he gets the upper hand, and they start questioning each other. They realize they were both on Coriana five years ago. They don't remember each other. He's apparently the brother, and I use that as air quotes, of the queen of Coriana. And when he tries to kill her, he gets the flashback. 
And uh, based off of the little bit of dialogue that we gleamed, I feel like we all understand that uh, the Queen of Coriana, Sophia, is in essence jealous that um, that that Ocean fell in love, or that Alice fell in love with Ocean, and, and that that love is reciprocal. And, and clearly, I guess Sophia has a crush on Alice or something? That's what I'm assuming it's all about, just because this seems to be one whole convoluted... Um, CW-sized romantic type of thing. Then, uh, later on, we get another flashback, uh, and this one is probably the most obvious one that I felt like we all knew was coming. It was uh, Alice and, and, and Ocean making out. So clearly, these people shared a romantical past on Coriana for whatever reason. Well, not for whatever reason. Probably because of that romantical past. Sophia wants Ocean dead. But... What do we think of them together? So we fully got Ocean uh, in this episode. Um, clearly, uh, um, well, I could do, I could say so much, but I, I, I will, I will not. So I'll just ask: What do we think of Alice and Ocean's adventure together? Trying to piece, you know, do we know each other? You know, do I know you? Do I know you? And the whole everything about Alice and Ocean. Uh, Millie? At first I was a little bit like, not really sure how it feels, but I really feel that, of course, Rachel just tells the performance that kind of grew on me. Um, as you said, it was very CW, <laughs> the trajectory it was going, and I was a little disappointed because it was like very predictable, and I expected something different for some reason, but um, I guess it makes sense. We can go with the whole, uh, you know, betrayed love triangle thing going on, but I kind of like it. I like the snark that like, he was, you know, addition back at Alice, and I think it'd be interesting to see... Um, what it's like when Alice has a love interest and she's not, you know, focused on killing people. Yes. And it was very CW, but the, but the thing that works for me is that Rachel Scarston and uh, Nathan, Nathan Owens, uh, they both have really great chemistry. I, I mean, Rachel could have great chemistry, as we saw last week, with a, um, you know, a yellow bell pepper and a potted plant. So, I, I mean, she could have chemistry with anybody, but they, they really work well together, and uh, I enjoyed that. So it made the convolutedness of it all really interesting. Um, Professor... What'd you think of uh, Alice and Ocean? And uh, do you think this could potentially be what they're trying to do in regards to um, trying to, I don't know what we want to call it, rehabilitate to, um, you know, is this the storyline that they're giving us to some sort of way redeem Alice so that she is no longer a chaotic big bad and she becomes maybe chaotic neutral uh, frenemy versus enemy? Well, that's what we've all been hoping for because Rachel Scarson is just so tremendous and we've all loved her so much and we don't want her to just be, you know, a big bad that gets defeated at the end of the season. Um, I think it's possible this could be her redemption arc. Um, it's uh, yeah, It was very CW, but uh, I thought they played it off well out of, 
you know, the last episode where, you know, uh, Alice had, you know, a brief flash to who Ocean was, um, you know, they didn't have everything come flooding back to her. You know, she didn't know him. He didn't know her. I did find it a little clumsy that, you know, when he grabbed her, he suddenly remembered it. it yeah. You know, and it's possible we'll get some sort of explanation for, you know, what is blocking the memories. But uh, I did like the fact that both of them have some memory that something has been done to them, um, but they don't know what it is any more than we do. So, you know, their process of trying to figure it out will mirror our process. But uh, you're right. The two of them have tremendous chemistry. They're great together. And, yeah, I do hope that if not a full redemption arc for Alice, possibly pitting her against uh, the big bad, you know, she becomes, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, even though she's been a really terrible person over the past season. But I think we're all willing to forgive and forget that if uh, if we can find a way to keep Rachel around. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe we're going to for, forgive everything. But, you know, I mean, a road to redemption can be incredibly bumpy. And if this is the start, uh, I mean, I can dig it. You know, uh, it is kind of incredibly cliched that, you know, remembering that she was in love might, you know, save... Alice, I hope it isn't that. I hope that we do um, get a, a better understanding of whatever this um, amnesia, mind control, brainwashing uh, that happened with both of them is maybe what sent her down a bumpier path. Um, I don't know if we need an entire episode where it's a flashback on, on Coriana five years ago. But if that helps, uh, I'd be down with it. Uh, you know, show us that Alice was different when she was on the island, and uh, whatever Sophia did is what, in essence, corrupted her. That might be kind of interesting. Uh, I do like that they they did give us a, a clearer understanding as to how Alice got on Coriana. She was, uh, in essence, squatting on the boat, and we knew that there was a, a boat involved. And I guess Sophia was impressed, probably, you know, maybe even just romantically interested, and was like, keep the pretty girl. You know, you can stay alive, and I'll teach you all the, you know, mystical ways of Coriana. And then clearly that didn't work out in her favor, because uh, she fell for the brother. Okay, let's also talk about the other new character in this episode. Let's talk about Evan Blake, a.k.a. Wolf Spider, which... I actually found out is a real thing from the comics. I was I thought it might have been just something unique for the show, but there's an actual wolf spider with basically that costume <laughs> in the comics. Who knew? Well, I guess anybody that read Batwoman, so the, I'm sure the professor knew. But it was still it came out of left field for me. For me, so they did tie Evan Blake into. Uh, the mythos by having him have a connection back in high school with Kate, which I thought was interesting. I read a couple comments online that they were like, oh, why didn't they introduce this character in season one so that we could actually see, you know, him reconnecting with Kate and, and that sort of thing. Um, the, the shadow of Kate still looms, but it is still only a couple episodes into the season. What did we think of Evan Blake as... A character, uh, were we surprised that he was Wolf Spider? Uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if the professor was surprised. I don't know if Evan Blake is the actual name of Wolf Spider in the comics, uh, but 
maybe you weren't. Uh, I don't know if Millie was surprised. I'll start off with you, Professor. What did you think of Wolf Spider? It's an interesting uh, invocation of the character. You know, the way they were introduced at first was, you know, showing someone who was obviously sympathetic to uh, to Kate, which, you know, makes us want to trust them. Uh, but someone who rejected, uh, you know, Jacob and Sophie's uh, entreaties uh, later in the episode will realize that people who oppose the crows are not necessarily bad because they oppose the crows. Um, it was interesting, you know, seeing them, you know, interact with Ryan. Uh, you know, uh, I was very surprised uh, to find that uh, that is who was behind the mask. I remember, you know, earlier in the episode when Sophie left that signal and Ryan showed up and they were talking, they cut away from that to show the wolf spider. My first thought was, who is that Spider-Man knockoff? Um, so I, I did like the fact that it was, uh, you you know, the character we met earlier, you know, showing, you know, a, a level of, of depth and interest, not necessarily, you know, powered or met or anything like that, but someone who's doing their own thing. And I think that's interesting. And it kind of makes sense because I don't think you would have spent the time establishing that character, establishing their bona fides, uh, unless it was going to be a character that we were going to encounter in some sense going forward. So, again, I think this is, you know, sort of a... Uh, not a good or a bad character, a chaotic character who could be an ally of uh, a Batwoman and her team uh, in opposition to the the Crows. So I think that's that's actually kind of a clever way to go. And I like the fact that they're not just, you know, introducing a character to, you know, throw them away after one episode. I think this is obviously someone we're going to encounter going forward. Yeah, I think so as well. In the comics, uh, from what I've read, he's a frenemy of Batwoman. And I think he knows that Ryan is Batwoman. Not that I want the door to swing open uh, for like everybody knowing a a you know a hero's secret identity, but um, I think he knows in in some strange way. I don't I don't know if if you think that Millie. What did you think of uh, um, Wolf Spider? And uh, do you think he knows? Uh, I don't know. I found their uh, his conversation with uh, Ryan at the um, underground uh, art uh, expo, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, uh, I thought it was interesting, you know, about, you know, people, in essence, living their truths, and he respects people that live their truths, and um, it just, I don't know, it was interesting, I don't know if, if you got the same thing that I got, really. I, did, I got the same thing, I especially when, when Ryan shows up with, with, you know, the current Batwoman's item, um, it, it's, we know that Evan's not dumb, right? He seems to be very intuitive, so um, if he was there, you know, it wouldn't be hard for him, I guess, to put two and two together. Uh, I got either that he knows, or I could see him, like, them kind of bringing him in and him being the, hey, let's call him when we need some help occasionally, because I really did enjoy the character, and I am looking forward to seeing him come back. I don't know if I want him to be, like, you know, a permanent Scooby member, but I think, like, a Scooby badge would be cool. Um, I like the sass that he brings, uh, and so that's kind of a refreshing thing as well. Definitely, definitely. Professor, did you did you sort of, uh, did, I don't know, maybe I just misinterpreted the conversation, but do you feel like, um, like Evan is suspicious? Of Ryan, um, I don't know. That conversation was interesting about sort of authenticity and um, people being true to themselves. Did you sort of did, did that trigger anything for you as far as uh, you know him sort of looking suspiciously at Ryan? Do you think he is suspicious? I don't see why he would be. I mean, he uh, hasn't encountered 
uh, Batwoman in any context, uh, nor to the best of our knowledge have they encountered, uh, you know, Ryan in any context. So I think it would be a bit of a stretch to assume that. Okay. Um, I think it's just, you know, he's, I, I think it's, it's more of the way the character is being portrayed as sort of this, you know, suspicious, you know, clever, uh, you know, uh, slightly chaotic character on the outskirts. Um, yeah, I, I don't see any reason to assume uh, any knowledge of, uh, of who Ryan is, but I could be wrong. But if so, it would seem ridiculously convenient. Okay. All right. I can dig that as well. Uh, we also learned that apparently uh, in high school, Mary and uh, Evan, they they sort of both vied for uh, Kate's attention and affection and friendship and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's going to be interesting if if we do see him a bit more uh, to see him develop, uh, you know, maybe some sort of friendship, kinship, frenemyship with uh, Mary as well moving forward. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Agent Moore, because we've had a bit of a problem with Agent Moore, and she got a lot to do in this episode. We've actually seen a lot more of Sophie in action um, throughout the season, as opposed to Sophie in action, as, as we saw maybe last season. Uh, and in this episode, uh, we see a team-up between the Crows and Batwoman, and uh, we get, in essence, both sides of the argument of, you know, not wanting to work with the crows, but we should work with the crows. We, um, we have a moment of bonding between uh, Ryan and Luke when he uh, opens up to Ryan about um, his father's getting killed by the crows. Um, and uh, we, we have uh, the crows actually, you know, teaming up with Batwoman, and uh, something goes horribly wrong. Um, Wolf Spider gets rammed by uh, the crows' SUV, left for dead. Batwoman is the one that takes him to Mary, and, and that's how he's able to be alive by the end of the episode. But that leads to more friction. And there's a really fascinating conversation with, um, well, she had two really interesting conversations. The conversation where Sophie tries to convince Batwoman to team up with the Crows, and then the, the conversation at the end where uh, uh, Batwoman is, in essence, like, you know, this is why I didn't want to team up with you guys. You know, the Crows are corrupt. You know, all Crows are bastards. And uh, why, dear, why are you still there, Sophie? And I think this was a moment maybe that where I think we might see, I don't know, maybe we might see Sophie questioning her working with the crows. Uh, she said to, to Batwoman, I'm, I'm trying to change things from the inside. I, I know that there are problems in the crows, but I'm trying to change things. And Batwoman is like, you know, if you want to team up, it's going to have to be when you drop your badge, um, because um, she she showed um, Batwoman that you know the, the two guys that, that that crashed into Wolf Spider were fired. In essence, their their contracts were terminated. 
So what do we think is going on here? Uh, what did we think of how they used Sophie in this episode? This is going to be a loaded question because a lot happened with the, with the storyline. What do we think of the Crow's involvement, of how they used Jacob, uh, Ryan's opinions of it? There are a lot of questions that could be asked about this storyline. So, Professor, pick and choose where you want to start. I've been enjoying Sophie this season, which comes as a real surprise to me because, you know, I don't think Sophie was anyone's favorite character last season. She's been much more interesting, uh, much stronger. Um, you know, her interactions with Brian are very different than her interactions with uh, Batwoman last season. Um, I think, yeah, she is a, a very interesting character, uh, possibly in a, an intersectional character. I think what they're doing is something with, that we kind of, you know, we're talking about earlier the the possibility that Batwoman might deal with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement in uh, in in connection with you know the Crows as this you know private security force in Gotham, and I think we're sort of getting um, the feeling that you know they're they're doing that that this is going to be you know a, a bigger arc uh, in a way that probably they couldn't have dealt with it last season i think they were sort of setting up the idea of uh of the crows as corrupt last season uh, i think they're uh, attacking it in a more uh overt way this season and i think that's something they can do with uh with ryan uh as batwoman more than they could have with uh with kate kane uh as batwoman uh, i'm kind of looking forward to it because i think it does put sophie in a difficult situation you know as someone who you know uh sees themselves as a good person uh but realizes you know and i think we're going to increasingly realize as she comes to realize that she is working for a corrupt organization so what does that say about her you know um you know if your your argument is that you know you're you're working within the system to make it better but can you really make it better? And I think both Sophie and Jacob are going to have to deal with that this season. So I think they're doing a pretty good job uh, of setting that up. And and as I say, I'm I'm surprised by how much I'm enjoying Sophie this season because you know she was you know probably everyone's second least favorite character last season. And that's that's no lie. Uh, I think we were all trying to root for Sophie, but I feel like we can actually root for her this season. What's interesting, uh, the point that you made, Professor, is that um, I did read an interview with the showrunner, and basically they said because Ruby Rose is no longer Batwoman, because Kate Kane is no longer Batwoman, because we have a new Batwoman, they could actually dive deeper into the corruption of the Crows this season, whereas last season, uh, Batwoman, the character, because it was Kate Kane, because it, you know, Jacob is her father, because Sophie is her ex, you know, it would have been a bit difficult to have Batwoman, in essence, going after them. And it, it, it basically the season they have an out because Ryan is now Batwoman, and so now they can go full bore into this um, subject matter, which is which is really interesting. Um, it's fascinating how Ryan, um, you know, just having her on the show really, uh, you know, allows them to. I don't know, at least, you know, we're, we're getting the, the slow taste of what's to come, and, and I do think it, it means that the crows are going to be going down. I think so. Um, Millie, what about you? What's your, what's your take on Sophie, the crows, uh, the team-up, um, you know, any aspect of it, uh, you know, Luke's conversation uh, with Ryan, Ryan's hesitance to work with the crows, all the, all the goodies of this storyline. 
I agree with the professor um, that <laughs> Sophie is more enjoyable this season. Um, I don't know if I'd say, like, you know, she's definitely on my list now, but she is a lot more tolerable. Um, and I like how and they set it up at the beginning is her and Ryan are at these ends, but we can see, like you said, Ryan's already making these, getting her to think about the systems. Like, you really can't. If you're in it, aren't you still a part of it kind of thing? Um, and so I like that, and I think it's definitely going to be a slow progression, but I'm glad that we're able to shift away from uh, her just solely focusing on her love life. Um, so I'm glad to see that she has more depth on that. And then I think that in terms of setting up Ryan's attitude towards the Crows, I think it's going to kind of – it will pose an interesting question because we've discussed, you know, is this going to be this team up? And we're like, I don't know because – you know, it's the Crows and Batwoman, but we've already seen them team up two, three times a season. And so I wonder if it's going to continue this necessary evil kind of working, or as we kind of see, um, Ryan's going to put her foot down at some point and be like, you know, no more, but she seems to keep coming back to the Crows. Um, so I was kind of wondering how that really she's going to evolve um, into there. So it'll be interesting. I like it because it just adds a lot more, like you said, depth to it and something that we can tackle in a way that is tasteful, not hitting us over the head and it makes sense with all the characters. I do wonder if we're going to have Sophie quit and become a member of the Bat Team eventually. Is that something we would like to see? Question mark. Um, I don't think so. I think, you know, the, you know, Team Bat is sufficiently large right now. And I think Sophie is, you know, uh, more interesting and more useful as uh, sort of the interior force. I don't think she would add anything to the team if she was outside the Crows. Okay, you agree with I that, Millie? I don't think I like her that like her that much to be on Team Bat yet. Okay, <laughs> some more development, and maybe right. I'll warm up to the idea. But um, I've always kind of been on. I I think Team Bat is the it's good the way they are. Um, and I think Sophie, especially the dynamic they're going with, I think it'd just be weird to add her in. Okay, well, I mean, it's still early, but I'm I'm just wondering if that's where we're headed. Um, it, it is it's interesting what they're doing, uh, you know. Taking the crows down might be fascinating. It would bring GCPD really into the forefront, which uh, I don't know if maybe that's what they want to do. Um, but uh, it, it's interesting what they're doing with Sophie. And, I mean, it goes to show that, you know, if, if you have better writing, that a character that maybe wasn't as enjoyed the first season can become really interesting to watch in a new season. So, um, yeah, uh, I will also say, because because uh, no one really discussed it, I, I really loved Luke's moment with Ryan. I mean, it kind of went for shit at the end of the episode, which uh, I, I do want to talk about that, so we're going to head in that direction. But um, it, it was a nice little moment. Um, so after everything that happened, there, there was a moment where Ryan uh, kind of unloads on the team, and, uh, you know, she was like, I... Um, I, I did not want to work with the crows, you know, look at what happened, you know, Wolf Spider got hurt, left for dead, if, if I hadn't brought him here, he would have been dead, you know, this is why I didn't want to work with the crows, you know, I should have trusted my gut, you know, I know I'm new, but uh, I'm the one out there taking the bullets and this, that, or the other. This, so, so, so there was that moment. In this episode, she also confides in Mary about uh, the wound. 
Um, the, the, the wound that she's got on her shoulder from way back in the first episode of the season. And, um, you know, so, so there was that. But she also tells Mary not to tell Luke so that because it looks like, you know, because she was like, I don't want him to mistrust me and that sort of thing. But the injury does get to her in this episode. And by the end of the episode, I mean, that wound looks gnarly as fuck. Like, it's just all grody and horrible. Millie, talk to me about Ryan in this episode. Uh, you know, her conversations with the team, opening up about the wound. Uh, what do you think is going on with with the wound and all that kind of stuff? I, the wound, definitely gnarly, <laughs> had me squeamish, but that's not hard. Um, I think that, I don't know, I still think that she's going to become somewhat, I don't know, kryptonite-y. I could see that, like, impacting her, her bloodstream, although it's making her weaker, so that probably doesn't make too much sense. But I do see it kind of adjust or her adapting to it. That's how I think the kryptonite's going to play out. But I'm glad that she confided in, into someone on the team, and I think it makes sense that it's Mary, A, for her medical experience, but also they're the ones that have bonded the quickest so far um and i kind of like that she has that person to lean on now in in the bat team in terms of in terms of ryan overall i really enjoyed her this episode she had a, a lot of fun quips and um i say her putting her foot down and talking to the team i think it's going to be interesting like it does pose like n- not everything's harmonious in the the team and i think that's good to have healthy debate um although it'll be interesting because she did make the point like she's the one taking the bullets so i wonder how much is she going to budge in terms of listening to Luke and Mary and how much is that going to cause a problem down the road? Um, Cause that moment with Luke was really good. Like I said, it got thrown in his face. Uh, so is that going to kind of, I feel like he's sort of been away from the team. So maybe will he become more alienated or will they reunite hopefully in an episode or two and you have the happy Scooby team? Yeah. Yeah. Professor, what about you? What's your, what's your take on Ryan throughout the episode? What do you think is going on with the wound? Uh, I will say, and, and so let me give a little bit of backstory. There was supposed to be a Superman and Lois crossover. And at a certain point, they had to cancel it because of COVID. Um, I'm assuming this is set up for that. But... Uh, I do wonder what the payoff is going to be because they are they canceled the the Superman and Lois crossover. I mean, I think uh, last season they had announced that there was also going to be a, a Supergirl crossover, and uh, clearly that's not happening either. Um, it, it is fascinating. I keep on reading comments online where they're like, "Why hasn't anybody from the Arrowverse checked in about Kate being, you know?" Because it's all connected, but you know how it is. No one's even zoomed about Kate. Where are you, Kara uh, Zorro, Professor? So, what do you think is going on with this, the, the this thing with Ryan, and and what did you think of Ryan overall? Well, overall, I thought uh, this was a very strong episode for Ryan. Um, you know, she's uh, she's growing into the role. She's uh, being more comfortable as Batwoman. Um, you know, the fact that she was able, you know, by the end of the episode to to say to Luke and Mary, look, I'm the person being shot at. I get to make these decisions, uh, I think shows, you know, her growth. She, I don't think she sees herself as the fill-in Batwoman anymore. And I think that's great. I think, you know, she's becoming a much more interesting character. Um, I do like that, you know, she was able to, to you know, admit that she'd been shot to seek out help. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very Arrowverse kind of thing to keep things like that secret for, you know, 
eight, nine, ten, if you're Oliver Queen, an entire season worth of episodes. Um, you know, the fact that she was able to open up to Mary and, and get treatment for it, I think is good. Uh, you know, it means that she does have someone who's looking out for that and, you know, will be, uh, you know, in investigating that. So it's not, you know, just this mysterious thing that she's dealing with. Uh, interestingly, I did think I caught them in a uh, mistake. I thought, you know, I, I saw a scene where, you know, Ryan was, you know, wincing towards her shoulder and I thought, aha, she's wincing towards the wrong shoulder. I caught them, but no, she was looking in a mirror at the time. So kudos to you, that woman, you caught me out. Uh, in my uh, moment of pedantry. No, I think she was great overall. I do like the fact that Mary's been brought in and they're going to be looking at it. I also think that, you know, if they're because they're not building up to a Superman and Lois crossover, you know, the whole kryptonite thing, obviously it's going to have an impact on her. It is, you know, becoming very gross and 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 grody and, and growing like that. But, you know, I don't think you have to bring in, you know, uh, a Superman or a Supergirl in order to deal with it. There will obviously be consequences to this, you know, whether it's kryptonite poisoning or or whatever it does to her, there will be consequences to that. But uh, I don't think you have to bring in another show in order to deal with that. So I kind of think that's, that's better, especially because, you know, this is Ryan's first season uh, as Batwoman, you know, bringing in, you know, you know, one of the bigger guns, whether it was Supergirl or Superman, um, you know, might have been a mistake in retrospect. I think it would be nicer to have them deal with it on their own and have her deal with it on her own than bring in, you know, one of the uh, the bigger, more established characters. So I'm actually kind of, uh, you know, as much as I love the crossovers, I think I'm a little happier that because this is Ryan's first season that we don't have to have a crossover for her. That's an interesting take on that, Professor. And, and uh, I think you convinced me on uh, the fact that we don't have a crossover. Um, I really like that point. And yeah, by them not doing a crossover and by them sort of maybe figuring it out on their own or maybe even having just a conversation on the phone that we, we learn of, you know, that we don't see. Um, and and uh, them being provided the clues on how to fix this because clearly they're going to fix this because I don't feel like Ryan is going to die. Um, I, I think that might be the best way for them to handle this. Um, so, yeah, I'm hella intrigued to see how they're going to clean this up, because clearly, I mean, I, f I feel like this was going to be, like, a big thing for them, um, uh, to connect the worlds, but now that it's not going to happen, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious how they're going to deal with this, um. I wonder when it's going to be. I mean, I think the episode, when we see them deal with it on Batwoman, would probably would have been when they would have, uh, you know, dealt with it in the crossover. So let's see how long they're going to drag this out. And they have been, but, um, I mean, it seems like it's getting really, really worse now. Okay, so the reason why Ryan uh, went to the team to talk about the, uh, the injury is because of Angelique. So let's talk about Angelique in this episode. Angelique and Ryan, they smushed. It looks like they're back together. Things are in, in you know, they're, they're in bliss, you know, because Angelique told Ryan that she's clean, she's sober, she's all good, she's on the up and up. And uh, later on, we see that, um, well, she might be clean, but she's still dealing. Because when Ryan has to infiltrate the uh, underground art 
expo. She sees that uh, Angelique is working as the party favor girl. And by party favors, I mean the one where <laughs> the girl where the rich people go and buy drugs from. So there is that. Uh, we did have a moment when chaos ensues, where she's looking for, for Ryan. Um, and, well, before, he, before we even get to that, uh, there is a little bit of tension, because Angelique is like, you know, don't judge me. You know, why are you here? And why did you have, you know, your, your ticket in and this, that, or the other? So, um, so Ryan, I mean, so Angelique uh, was basically like, you can't judge me. You know, don't judge me because I won't judge you, in essence. And then later on, the chaos ensues, and uh, Angelique is looking for Ryan, so uh, there was that moment as well. What do we think is going on here? Uh, is Angelique going to be bad for Ryan? Is uh, I mean, it looks like Angelique might be working for nefarious people, or she's clearly working on the nefarious side of things, and, and that's going to clash clearly with what Ryan is trying to do. Although we did see that she's pro-Batwoman. Um, so there's that. I mean, I don't know I don't know what we're going to classify Angelique as. Is, is she a criminal? Like, is she, is she a baddie? Is, is it bad that she's pro-Batwoman? Um, I mean, is it good that she's pro-Batwoman? Um, but, so there was that. So she was a little disappointed that it looked like Batwoman was teaming up with the Crows. Uh, we got a little bit more intel about their relationship. And in essence, uh, Angelique had spiraled um, uh, Ryan had taken the drugs from her, and when she, you know, went out for fresh air to dry her tears and to calm down, that's when she ran into the crows, and, you know, the the crows ended up finding the drugs on her person and that type of thing. That's why she went to, um, to jail for Angelique. Millie, your thoughts on Angelique? What are they trying to do here? Um, is she trouble? Uh, what do you think of the dynamic between Ryan and Angelique throughout the episode? I definitely think she's troubled, uh, troubled, but I do enjoy her panda onesie, so I have to give her a small point for that. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> okay. Was a fan, but I feel like they could play it one of two ways. I could see her. I mean, like, the obvious one is that she's trouble, and why is she <laughs> providing the party party favors at this suspicious underground art? like thing that you assume has trouble or I wonder if she's at the same time like it's like because she's pro Batwoman, anti crows, maybe she's trying to she's working for somebody trying to undertake the bad people. Um I think my first idea is, is more likely than the latter. Um she just seems like like trouble and she she said she's clean, but you know, we know that she has a history of of drug issues and things like that. So I can just see um and it seems that her history with Ryan uh, has been trouble. So I, I could see the cycle repeating itself again, especially now that the stakes are higher that Ryan is Batwoman. Very interesting. Yeah, I feel like she's trouble as well. Professor, Angelique, trouble? Question mark? Oh, I knew she was trouble when she walked in, uh, to paraphrase uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah, I think she's definitely going to be trouble because she is a link to um, uh, to Ryan's past. Uh, I did like the fact that we found out, uh, you know, the whole story behind, you know, uh, why uh, Ryan ended up in jail. 
uh, you know, and, you know, connecting it to the Crows and uh, to Angelique, uh, I think was interesting, you know, seeing her there, you know, she was there to sort of help Ryan out, but also she was there as, you know, basically the person who's selling drugs to people. And that's, you know, not usually the best look, you know, even in these uh, more modern times, depending on what state you happen to be living in. Um, so, yeah, I think she's, she's definitely going to be bad news for Ryan going forward. Um, on the other hand, I think they can use her for interesting ways in the same way that, you know, she got, Ryan to the party. She was the one who convinced Ryan to go see Mary about her wound. Um, you know, so I think, you know, she's, she's not going to be, you know, a, a malevolent, a purely malevolent force. She's not someone who is trying to manipulate Ryan or, or do anything like that. But I do think that she's going to be a huge blind spot for, for Ryan going forward and, and a real problem as Ryan tries to establish herself more as Batwoman, less as who Ryan used to be. I like that. Okay. And, and uh, props for the Taylor Swiftage. Um, that was very good how you, uh, how you tied all that together. Um, so clearly, they either had sex in the dark or she kept a shirt on because, like, they had sex. And Angelique did not even see the wound until the morning after. I'm just saying, because clearly they were in the afterglow of, uh, of a very nice night for both of them. Am I right? She didn't even see that wound. She, she might have kept a t-shirt on. You don't know. Okay. All right. No, I'm not saying she didn't. I'm just saying that she had to. I mean, I think, you know, that wound was was clearly not something to uh, get anybody in the mood for her. I'm just saying. Uh, that wound, good grief. It's getting bigger, isn't it? I feel like at the oh, end definitely. of... definitely. I think yeah. if you're looking at it over the past few episodes, I think that's kind of the point is that is spreading, which is, you know, visual shorthand for it's becoming, you know, more of a, a serious situation. Yeah, and it's glowing. I mean, you don't want a glowing wound. Like, I, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I know that at times we think, you know, oh, we have a little wound, oh, it'll be fine. But, I mean, I feel like she needs to be like, what the hell is this thing? And I feel like she got her wake-up call at the end of the episode. I feel like by the end of the episode, she really is. She being Ryan is like, what the hell is this thing? Yeah, and if I could just take a moment for a, a brief uh, public service announcement uh, for, for any of our listeners, uh, which is my camera, that one there, thank you. Yes. Hey, if you've got a wound that is getting bigger and bigger every week and it's glowing green, go see a doctor. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what that is. Okay, so throughout the episode, one of the reason, the reason, in all caps, for the Crows and uh, Batwoman to team up is because of uh, this Jack Napier painting. Um, and by painting, I mean uh, um, <laughs> the Joker killed somebody and their blood and guts splattered on, um, you know, a, a piece of art. So uh, the reason why uh, uh, Jacob is after it is because, you know, there was the photo on, um, on Kate's phone. It had her writing Coriana, question mark, or Sophia, sorry, Sophia, question mark, on it. So uh, Jacob is all about finding the, um, the, the, what do you call it? The, the the painting. And he meets with somebody. The, they had a little bit of intel, but they get uh, speared, or whatever the hell that was, by um, a man that's protecting uh, Coriana's secrets. Uh, the, um, 
that woman ends up uh, taking that man in and then tries to get intel from him. It doesn't work. Uh, when she does the team up with the crows, Jacob and Sophie come in and, uh, you know, Jacob basically punches him once. Uh, the guy alludes to the fact that the uh, canvas is connected to Coriana and then cyanides himself. So uh, Ryan heads there. She sees the painting. She even questions uh, um, Evan. Why is this, um, you know, popular? Who would really want this? Um, and um, she does... Uh, she I don't know, I can't even tell you what she does because she had all these gizmos. It's like she snaps a picture and then she does analysis, this and the other. By the end of the episode, uh, they end up getting the painting. Um, the wolf spider had stolen it. Like, there's this whole action sequence about it. Um, and and uh, wolf spider, it gets hit by the SUV, as we know. And uh, the crows, uh, the guys in the car, end up taking what wolf spider had stolen. Turns out that that's fake. F-A-K-E, fake, because it's like pig's blood and stuff on it. Um, uh, so uh, it, it looks like they're at a dead end. We also learn that under all the blood and guts, uh, there's an actual map to Coriana. And by the end of the episode, so uh, we've got the other storyline with Alice and Ocean, and they get attacked uh, by Sophia's men. They make it out alive. They drive away, and it turns out, brum, 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 Ocean has the Jack Napier painting, and I used painting as, in air quotes. All right, so we, we, the, by the end of the episode, we do tie these two storylines together in an interesting way and in a surprising way. Like, I, I was not expecting this. I don't know if either of you were expecting this. What do we think this means? Uh, question mark. Uh, I, I will just open it up to the floor. What is going on here? Um, clearly, this is a means for our people to get to Coriana. Um, but where are we going with this? Are, are we just enjoying the ride? It does seem a little bit too much like, uh, you know, they're using plot to achieve an end rather than for any logical purpose. Because the whole thing about, oh... You know, there's this uh, this painting, and uh, we have to get it, and someone else got it, and and then it turns out it was fake all along. So basically, everything that happened with Jessica and Evan and Wolf Spider and all that was a complete waste of time and stupid. And why do you even bother doing that? And also, why does Sophia bother doing all of that to protect painting that was a fake? It doesn't make any sense. Um, tying it in towards the end, kind of, and I guess you could argue that, you know, Spy didn't realize that it was a fake, that Ocean had the real one. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just, in, in retrospect, the realization that, you know, you did all of that for nothing, literally. Uh, it was a waste of time. You know, kind of struck me as, you know, kind of cheap storytelling. Okay. What about you, Millie? I like the twist, um, but now that the professor points it out, I do agree. It, I guess it was cheap storytelling, but I do wonder if that was more just a point to like introduce Evan, and I guess if that was the end game, I'm cool with that. Uh, it did seem a little bit, and it, we've had a couple times, just a bit convenient um, that you know he happened to have the painting that everyone's been after. Uh, it will be interesting, I guess, in terms of why he has it. I, I'm wondering if he's trying to get back to Coriana himself to extract some revenge. Um, I feel like that makes the most sense is that's the map um and it's clear that he used to have some strong ties to the island so i wonder if he's trying to um do something against sophia oh you mean um um ocean yeah oh that's interesting 
Um, I kind of gathered that he, like, I don't, I don't know. I kind of gathered that he didn't really even know how important that painting is. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe in the next episode we might get more information. Because he seemed just like, you know, you ever heard of Jack Napier? Like, it just, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm intrigued to see why he needs it. Because clearly he's he knows he's been on Coriana. He doesn't remember... Uh, what happened there, but um, it is intriguing that he's got this, in essence, key to the kingdom, you know, a, a direct map on how to get there, but you would think that he would know, kind of like how Alice knows. I think Alice knows how to get there. I mean, she, well, she was take, technically, she summoned people to take her there, so maybe she doesn't know how to get there. It's interesting, nonetheless. Um... And and I agree with you, Millie, that if this was, you know, just an elaborate setup so that we can meet Wolf Spider, then I'm kind of okay with it as well. I mean, the storyline, I get what you're saying, Professor, but um, the, the, the storyline allowed us to have an interesting storyline overall for everybody. I mean, we had the Crows Batwoman team up, and we wouldn't have had have had that, and we wouldn't have had the um, the horrible end to it without this caper. Um, we had Angelique's interaction with Ryan at the expo, and and, and that sort of thing. So um, I don't think uh, the storyline was for naught. I mean, at the end of it, it kind of was, uh, but um, I, I think what we saw just was interesting enough and, and justified why they went this route. Okay, so before we head into MVP, was there anything that I missed? A teeny tiny little moment? Um, Luke's reaction to a glamified uh, Ryan? Uh, or anything anything teeny tiny that I missed uh, before we head into MVP? I enjoyed Mary's commentary and how much jet fuel they use between her, them, them and Wayne Enterprise and comparing it to the Kardashians. Um, I just thought that the, the zingers were on point this episode. Nice. I was looking at uh, the stuff in the background during the art sale, uh, you know, looking to see if there were any Easter eggs or anything like that. The only thing I saw was like a, a really old model computer, you know, like a computer from the 1980s. And I, I couldn't help but wonder, what is that computer? Why is it doing there? Why is it one of the artworks that's being sold? But yeah, no, uh, no evidence was given explaining what it was. Okay. And can we all just say uh, Ryan glammed up very well? Oh, definitely. Yes. I mean, even Luke noticed. Which, I'm like, Luke, you're not supposed to be giving the googly eyes to Ryan. You're supposed to be giving it to Mary. Exactly, damn it. It, it was interesting, because I was sort of wondering, would they set up a little, you know, Mary being a little jealous about that? But there was no indication of that. It was just, uh, you know, Mary was uh, was appreciating how she did manage to glamour up. And, you know, they did, it was, you know, a, you know, a kind of, you know, delightfully cute little scene. Of you know the uh, you know the two characters you know and the one helping glam the other one up. No, you can't wear this. You can't use this uh, this purse. No, you can't use this purse. No, this is the perfect purse. And again, you know, uh, it gave Mary something to do. It uh, you know uh, allowed Ryan to you know uh, adapt to a world that she wouldn't have been comfortable in otherwise. So again, it's 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 a clever use of Mary. She's not just there as the doctor. She's not just there as the team Scooby. She has you know, the insight into the, uh, you know, the, the higher echelons of society that, you know, can on occasion be, you know, uh, a useful thing uh, for Team Batwoman to have. So I think it's, it's good that they remember that about Mary. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
Now it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. Let's see who should go first. Let's start off with you, Millie. I like to give my MVP to Evan this episode. Uh-huh. I just thought he was a nice flash of different air. Um, and I really like how they had that connection with with Kate and how Kate had a part in, in his like coming out and everything like that when they were younger. Um, but then also I think he was sassy and fun. And I think he'll be really interesting as a reoccurring character to see where him and his whole wolf spider journey goes. Shout out to the wolf spider. Professor, what about you? Uh, I'm going to give it to, it's, it's a bit of a cheat, but I'll give it to Ryan. I thought she was very, very strong in this episode. Uh, we got a better sense of, you know, her connection to Angelique and also, uh, you know, her history with the uh, the crows. And also, you know, she was, uh, you know, able to explain to us the, uh, you know, all crows are bastard, um, you know, uh, tag, uh, you know, that I'm sure will be, you know, uh, an issue going forward and really just tie the whole, you know, anti-crows movement into the, uh, the BLM movement, which I think is, you know, uh, I think is something important that they're going to try to do. Uh, with uh, Batwoman this season. And I thought she did a very good job. And also, as you mentioned, she cleaned up very nicely in that scene with Mary. Very good choices. Uh, I'm going to give it to, and and I'm kind of shocked that I'm going to be saying this, but I'm going to give it to Sophie. I'm going to give it to Agent Moore. You know, Megan Tandy hasn't been given the best work on Batwoman. Like, I was rooting for Sophie last season, um, but they just stuck her with the whole pining for Batwoman, pining for Kate. They're doing a little bit of the pining for Kate. Uh, I mean, let's just say it. Uh, I, I mean, I don't really understand. I guess it's the whole maybe, the only way I can explain it in my head is, and this is headcanon, you know, when, when someone dies, you know, it, it's like the flood of emotions. And emotions that maybe you weren't uh, ready to talk about at the time, you know, they just flood through. And maybe that's what Sophie is going through. But the fact that she's all, you know, oh, Kate, you know, it's almost as if Kate was the love of her life. But like last season, like at the end of the season, you were with Julia. So it's like, it's so confusing to me. But at least they're giving Sophie something interesting to do. And last week, she got something interesting to do, and this week was quite fascinating. Um, You know, if if we're going to see, in essence, Sophie take down the crows, that's going to be quite the interesting storyline. Or maybe not take down the crows, but let's say reform the crows, uh, or, you know, at least. That would be kind of interesting, because we're going to see Sophie go against someone who's a mentor to her, someone who has been like a father figure to her with Jacob. So that could be an interesting storyline. And and everything that they did with Sophie in this episode was actually quite fascinating, especially her conversation at the end with Batwoman. Um, oh, Millie talking about quips. Um, what was it that Batwoman said when Sophie called her the first time? This You're trying to make out with me or something like that? It was booty call. Yeah, is this a booty call? Like I just thought that was hilarious. Like so shady in in the best way possible. All right, now it's time for it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten bat signals? 
like Sophie used. Uh, the point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Batcave. Professor? Eight and a half bat signals. Uh, a very enjoyable episode. Nothing really bad about it. Nothing, you know, that I can point to that I didn't like. Uh, except for, as I say, the convenience of, you know, both sides looking for this painting. It turns out to be a fake. And then, oh, over in the subplot, I just, oh, yes, I happen to have the painting that they were looking for over in the main plot. Ha ha, what a surprise. Um, that's about the only thing. But I did like all the character stuff. I thought it was uh, was really good. And I do like the fact that we're getting a very overt sense of uh, Batwoman dealing with uh, with Black Lives Matters uh, in this season in a way that I think uh, they have to, I even in a way that I think Black Lightning can't. Uh, you know, Black Lightning has been, you know, dealing with, you know, such, you know, high-level threats, you know, for the past season that it, it almost seems wrong for them to get to, you know, the, the sort of grounded stuff that I think Batwoman can deal with or, or deal with in its own way. This season, and I like the fact that they're, you know, uh, they're planting their flag and saying that this is here we're, where we're going to go this season. So, yeah, I thought it was a, a very enjoyable episode. I'll give it 8.5. Starting off with 8.5, Millie, what about you? How would you rate this episode? I, too, will have to give it 8.5 bat signals. Um, I I also enjoyed it. Um, I guess the one thing for me that I was, like, kind of gives it the reason why it's not, like, anything higher is the love triangle that seems like is emerging and Coriana uh, again very CW don't expect nothing you know expected but I, I also expect something different but otherwise I like how all these things are still being set up for the season but they're all really interesting um, every character I think is having a really interesting arc they're a lot more useful than they have been in you know last season so I think it's enjoyable and it's setting up for a lot of um, you know fun and interesting storytelling down the line Okay, two eight and a halfs. I'm gonna bump it up to a nine. I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, I thought it was fun. I thought all the storylines were really interesting. Um, it, it's it's fascinating that uh, last season, like I was rooting for Batwoman, much like I said I was rooting for Sophie. Like I was rooting for the show. I mean, there were a lot of characters that we really liked, but things weren't gelling. And uh, this is the first time you know, that I'm actually looking forward to the next episode of Batwoman. Like, I'm really excited to see where we're going with these characters. And, and I've felt that way ever since we got Ryan in the mix. She's such a really interesting character, and she brings this fresh vibe to the series that uh, I find myself just really looking forward to seeing where the storyline is going and, and uh, really excited to see what the next episode brings. So props to, uh, to Ryan, props to the writers uh, in adapting to a new lead, and uh, props to just the entire team because uh, this season has been much stronger than season one. So props to them. Okay, so two eight and a half and a nine. Very good. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Gotham City Gazette. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. 
You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Gotham City Gazette and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Millie Wood. Good night, listeners. If you want to follow along with me, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. And the professor. Good night, Gotham. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Gotham City Gazette every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Good night.